Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And I'm so excited about my guest here with me today. Jordan Daniels, he, him, is a fat, queer, Afro-Jew writer, photographer, and podcaster who focuses on queer experiences, anti-racism, belonging for Jews of color, and fat activism. Jordan believes in collective liberation and is striving to find pathways to it that explore joy. Jordan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Dubs. I forgot to also mention um, that I also love to do fashion through a fat lens, too, so I want to sprinkle that in there for us. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) <laughs> what uh first of all happy national coming out day yes happy national coming out day oh my god it totally it literally honestly skipped my mind for a moment because yesterday was my birthday and i and today is national coming out day and i always like find it special that i find it special that my birthday is right the day before um i made a post about this a, f- a few years ago about this idea of uh coming into myself and mm-hmm. then having this day be about coming out and clearly I'm, I'm in denver right now with a group of queer folks and that feels Really special for us to be together on coming out down. I don't think we all, I don't think we have, it's not that we said it to each other yet, um, because it's still early in the morning. But when they, when I see them all, because we're in different rooms, we'll be like, it's national coming out day, y'all. Let's go live our best queer gay lives as best as we can um, in this world. Yes, I love that. I love that you get to celebrate your birthday and then national coming out day. And also, I love the like, um, I want to say juxtaposition, but I don't even think they're juxtapositioned. I think it's more just like, <laughs> you know, like coming into yourself and then, you know, being able to come out as um, your wonderful, beautiful self. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm also a barely like a deeply introspective person. Someone actually posted um, someone, one of my dear friends, Kesha, shout out to Kesha if she hears this. Um, Not Kesha the singer. People are like, oh my God, Kesha, not Kesha the singer. (laughs) Um, My dear friend Kesha, she she did a little post yesterday um, on her story. And one of it, one of the lines was like, to the one who insists on introspection and reflection, even when it's inconvenient. And it was very funny because that's very much my brand. I'm like, even when it's not the right moment or the right time, I'm like, but let's get deeper into this. And so, to me, I'm always thinking about what it means to come in, what it means to come out, what does it mean to continually come out. Um, and so, I too, I, I I agree. Like, like they're not juxtaposition, but they are, but they are, um, next to each other in such in such an interesting, special way to me because I find meaning in it, meaning in it. Maybe some people it's like there's no meaning in it, but to me, there's a lot of meaning in that. Yeah, I feel like maybe like they're in conversation with each other. Yes, yes. I mean, as is everything. At least that's how I feel. Again, people may say that has nothing to do with each other, but I'm like, girl, to me, you know, and, and October is LGBTQ, LGBTQ history month. So to mm-hmm. me, it's like, how can I not believe that like these things exist in, these things exist in conversation? Like it's serendipitous that I was born on this day in this month at this time. Like there's so many things to me that to me, it's like, I can't not find meaning in this. Yeah, absolutely. I find, um, and I feel like maybe we can talk about this more later if we have time, but just like for a long, a long time in my life, I was very skeptical of most things, (laughs) just like everything Mm. just felt so hard that I was very skeptical about like serendipity or things happen for a reason or, you know, what it means to connect deeply. You know what I mean? Like all the things Mm. that I think you're kind of talking about, um, you didn't quite say this but i'm i'm gonna make the leap of like spirituality and um like finding myself in others or you know like finding the vibration of music like that kind of thing Mm. i was always so skeptical Mm. and now i'm completely not skeptical and i'm like i want to i want to dig also so one day we should just dig (laughs) i would love that i would love that because i'm somebody who i think i was born like innately with it like i mean we can talk about this some other time if we have if we have time today or another time but like i grew up believing i was psychic but i had premonitions like i i I have never said this in like a 
not podcast before, but like I tell my friends, says I use I fully believe that I was psychic for quite some time, and I in some ways I, I I do believe I have some like deep deeper spiritual connection with something. So like I was innately I felt like I had had that my whole life. So I'd love to dive deeper with you about the the, the, the skepticism because I never had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I grow older, find like I, as I grow older, I have more of that now. As I'm also navigating, what, is, what does my spirituality look like today versus when I was younger? Mm. Yeah, and how that can sh- like shift through time. I love that. Yeah, and it just like yeah, I I know we said we keep saying if we have more time later, but one other thing <laughs> that I want to say about it, well, let's is, do it now, <laughs> right? I know, right? Um, is like I just feel like it's so I don't even know how to say it, like like human normative to be like we're the only this is the only lifetime that's existed this is the mm. only we're the only like terrestrial that exists you know like that's so yeah. ridiculous it's There's, so limiting it's really so, limiting it's so limiting and like there are m- millions of other planets and universes and how are we the only life form like this and like, yeah. you know what i mean like come on anyways i just it, it all kind of <laughs> dawned on me one day and i was like oh yeah that's so ridiculous to think that yeah, no, it, 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 it's it's giving collective narcissism to think that we are the only <laughs> right. the only yes. people that exist, the only timeline, the only universe, the only like 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 reality. Like, yeah, I feel the same way. Oh, yeah. that's okay. We're, 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 we're right here. We 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 see each other in this movie. Yes. Okay, I love that. All right, so okay, as the host, I have to bring us back to why <laughs> we're here, which is, um. <laughs> We all have, we, like you even touched on this earlier, like we all have multiple coming out stories. We have multiple coming yeah. into ourselves stories, especially for those of us who are super introspective. We keep digging and finding more about ourselves. So I'm, I'm inviting you to share one of those moments with us. Yeah. Yeah. One of those moments. So I would say there are, uh, there are two moments that I have actually, I've thought quite a bit about this since you asked me to be on the show because I have heard a few episodes and I love, love this show. And I think, talking about coming out as something that is so great because it helps you also process in real time things you may not have thought about or and maybe even think you know some folks may be thinking more about coming out for themselves um and so i would say um one moment of coming out that i find interesting is that when i was in high school so i knew i always i, I think i always knew i was queer but i didn't have the language for it obviously a lot of people didn't have the language for it back you know in that that time or at least at least as a kid in that time i feel like especially especially without access to to technology and digital age in this way and in high school I want to say my freshman year I sat with a group of friends and this one girl she would always it's funny because she now is queer and I was like hmm I wonder if that was like a projection in the past um but every day at lunch she would I would say something and she would say haha you're gay and I would like I would just be like, haha, you're stupid you know which is a word I hate now um but like as a defense mechanism and I felt so what is the word I felt like the way she said it it made me feel like it was a bad thing and so I was like oh this is obviously a bad thing I can't be this thing she keeps saying I am so I totally deny it and those moments were probably were and I say it's coming in moment because it led me to exploration it led me to googling it led me to discovering myself in this way it led me to affirming something that I've always I've always felt to myself and haven't had the language to talk about and so it's frustrating because in that, in that way, like, like she was, a, like, she, not that she was a bully in herself. And I want to be really clear of like, someone who does something does not mean that they are something that can mean that, but like, she was doing something that she was. So she was like, I felt bullied by her in that way, but she wasn't a bully of a person. Um, and in some ways, I kind of like thank her for doing that because it led me to, to something as much as it was frustrating and traumatizing to experience at that, at that age, at, you know, in the middle of the lunch period, in the middle of, you know our hangout and stuff so i'm just saying haha you're gay and he'd be like oh my god stop saying that out loud um really pushed me to come into myself and then with my coming out story i would say coming out was quite a challenge to me with my family um which was interesting because i had such like radically liberal parents in a lot of ways um both my parents were like you know my 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 mom was somebody who from 18 was hyper independent did her own things um, you know, her parents were Holocaust survivors and they, and she, my mom, they did, they did at every ethnicity under the sun, her, much to her parents' dismay of like, why are you not dating a Jewish person or, you know, someone that, that, that looks more like you and she's like, that's not the journey for me. Um, and so, you know, and then she like, you know, she has everything that she's done, she's done by herself in so many ways. And so she's been such a 
incredible inspiration to me and mentor in that way. Um, and then, then, then my dad also, since he was 18, like he, when he's one of, he was one of, he was my dad, my dad, a blessed memory. He passed away in 2018. He was one of 14 kids and like carved out independence for himself with on his own, you know, did a lot of things, got, did a lot of bad things, did a lot of great things, um, had a lot of kids with different people as well. Um, you know, and like, which, but like with somebody who was, who always was able to do things by himself. Um, and so, you know, my parents came together as two really whole, in, in some ways not whole, but like, in, you know, truly whole people that, you know, really defied odds that were stacked against them in so many ways. You know, like, again, my mom, like, being, you know, being a woman in a corporate world and, like, bossing her way up the ladder as much as she could, you know, and my dad being a Black man in in this country. So when I came out to them and it was not well received, it was an interesting thing for me because I grew up, you know, and I, and I came out to them at 15 as a bi, um, which I want to make a point to say that I use, I use like bisexuality as a cushion, which contributes to a problem of people who are, who are bisexual and then end up feeling like they are forced to pick a side. Um, and so I want to like, you know, and, and, and I, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying like, I was, I was doing bi-rage, like I was 15. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold myself up to that, but I am, I'm like, I'm making up to people now, like, that like that it, that is being complicit in biracial in some capacities, and so when we think about you know saying bye, it's it's one thing to do it in a way to protect ourselves if we know that we are coming out later toward as you know as queer or gay or lesbian you know or trans like like just you know with with one one with one label, but be really mindful of how it can contribute to folks who are bi who then are not believed to be bi because that's something that I think about a lot when I first came out. Um, you know, and but you know, and I'll be honest, like I did it because I knew my parents were not. I my parents, I felt like I thought they were going to be really agree about it, and they weren't. And I had this, but it was like, it's okay, y'all, because I because I will marry a girl by the end of this time. I'll marry a girl and have children, and I'll have like I'll have the life that you envisioned for me. Um, and then at seventeen, I came out as gay officially to them. I came out as gay to myself much earlier than that. And again, I always knew I was when I was when I, I think by thirteen, I knew I was, I was different in some way. Um, and, and now I would say I use the word queer versus gay because I feel like queer feels more expansive and gay feels very limiting to me. But yeah, it, you know, it it was a challenge. Like it was, it was a challenge for my my dad had just had his first stroke at that point, so it was hard for him to kind of grasp it in a lot of ways. He did we had a lot of continual questions. Like probably every year is coming out to him. Probably every year until he died, I was coming out to him because he was like, "You're gay," and I'd be like, "Yes, Dad." We have this conversation back in 2000. Um, 10 <laughs> and um i still am um and but it was also hard because there are times where he he would you know he would say things like what what did i do wrong i did not think i was gonna raise a sister did not think i was gonna raise all these things and i and i'll be i want to be really clear like i'm not here to well i'm not here to badmouth my dad especially someone who's not here physically here anymore i say these things because they're super real he you know he was a black man with a hyper masculine black culture inside of him and there's a lot of stigma in the black community or there has been historically. I think it's changing a lot now. The last stigma was with black, with black men and masculinity. And so I think he really felt that I was stepping away from my, from my masculine self in that, in that capacity. And you know, and, and in some ways, like I think now it's funny because now I feel like I'm my most masculine self and my most femme self. And I feel like I have such a beautiful such a beautiful balance of the, of the two together inside me and you know masculine feminine i don't think are the only binary energies that we have i just believe that those are the two energies that i have in myself and then my mom i guess i was the most surprised with her i really thought she would be quite a bit more um like uh like for it than she was um and i and you know, and when i think back you know, i understand i understand now that when you have kids you have you envision life for them and I, and, and I, and I, I, I want to give grace to that. I do understand that. And that shifted both of my parents' thoughts of how my life would end up. And I understand, I really, I really deeply understand that my mom's, my, and my dad's, but I think my mom was more vocal about it, that her worries and her fears and her resistance to my coming up was more because she really, really did not want life to be hard for me. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of parents don't want that. And I'm so thankful because, I'm thankful that she's shifted so much now since then. Um, but, I, but I will say, like, I'm also thankful to know that, and maybe this is controversial to say, but I think a lot of queer um, children, like, don't, 
don't always have the insight of their families as to why the families react this way. And also, oh, you know, I, I, I want one way really clear in saying like, my parents challenged were challenged with it, but they were they were never like you have to get out of the house, you can't be with us. Like even though they struggled with understanding and accepting me, I knew in my heart that I was unconditionally loved by them, and that's something that I cry about often. Like to know that I was so loved by my parents and so wanted by them. Like my mom was told she couldn't have kids. Like for years, the doctor was like, "You you will not have children." I'm so sorry. Um, and my dad was like, "We're gonna keep trying," and she was like, "It's not like they're 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 looking they're literally starting starting the process of adoption." And then she got pregnant with me, and so I know that I was wanted and desired by them to be here, and that is truly something that is like such a gift because I think as queer people we think so much about who are we wanted and who wants us, and to know that um, above all the people that have like that carried me in their lives and birthed me are the ones that wanted me to be here. And that's something that makes me help me help me be so audacious because I'm like, I'm meant to be here because they really strived. My mom was, they told, they told that I would never be here and here I am like Hanani in the most, in the most powerful way, you know? Um, and so I, even though they, they struggled with my, with my coming out, I knew that they loved me. And so that was like, that was when I could always fall back on. And there's, there's a few moments when I was 17, that we had a lot of fights, particularly because I wanted to do more queer things like go to Pride. I wanted to like, you know, I wanted to like try dating and stuff. And that was just a challenge for them. And so it was a point where I was like, if I have to, like, I'll move out. Like, I love my parents so much. And I want to have a, I want to have a great relationship with them. But if I have to, like, I will find, I'll live with a friend. I have friends who are, who will like care for me and such. And then I was watching the Lee of all shows. <laughs> um, and there was an episode where a character was attempting self-harm. And I started just crying my eyes out. And I will insert a trigger warning here really quickly. That when I was when I was 15, I had attempted um a grand self-harm. And I did, did not succeed, thankfully, in that. And so I was crying my eyes out because I was, I, t- I faced my mom and I was like, that's going to happen to me if I don't, I, if I'm not feeling accepted by, by both of you. And if, if I don't feel that like, like this is what will happen to me at some point in time, because as much as I believe that I can be fine now to know that I'm not accepted by the people that I love the most in this world would be really hurtful. Um, and that was something that I think really pushed her to understand, oh my gosh, I have not, um, I have not shown up for my child in this way. And that got her and my dad to get involved in the PFLAG. We also, shortly after we moved, um, I, graduated, I graduated high school, so we moved to Oceanside um, by San Diego. And they got involved in the PFLAG. And I mean, I'm involved. I mean, my mom was hosting dinners every few months for the PFLAG moms group. Uh, my dad made tremendous strides in understanding sexuality himself, particularly as somebody who was like, queer is not a thing, um, gay is not a thing, or, you know, I, his frame of reference because a relative of mine was also gay, um, but had passed away of age-related causes. My dad's reference was, like, if you're gay, you're going to get AIDS and you're going to die. Like, that was that was his only pathway that he thought for me. Um, and had such a tremendous stride before he passed. You know, one of my brothers is queer as well, and his ex-partner, um, at that point, they were engaged, and my dad was, like, so excited to see them get married. You know, he and he did not he passed away before then and they broke up so did not get married um but you know like what a tremendous you know he was involved in the the like engagement video of like he's like say yes to this um and i think you know it it, it was was really really special to see so and i I share those because i think that's like my coming out origin story that i think is so important and pivotal to who i am especially because um you know i i know I feel, especially like like especially Jewishly, I feel like I've heard I've heard a lot of really great coming out stories, um, which is amazing. Like I don't think anyone has to have trauma of a coming out story. Like when people, you know, people say like it's not that intense. I'm like that's great. It should not be intense. Um, but I also like it's funny because I'm like that definitely wasn't my story at all. Um, so yeah, so that's a coming out and then coming in the story with the girl at school who's kept in your game. And to this day, I'm like, girl, you are a bitch but she's queer now so live off love that for her love that journey for her you know you can still be queer and a bitch so <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes yes Just you said it first though. you said it first <laughs> um thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of the these moments in your life that's um i just i just appreciate so much all of the care that you take in sharing in 
all the the care that you took in sharing each piece of this and naming certain things that you know might I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking back to how you came out as bi and then I too came out as bi and use it as I like the way that you said it used as a cushion but then mm. wanting to make sure to name that that's can be harmful and plays into bi erasure um mm. and so um I was just I was thinking about this today I w- I did a post for National Coming Out Day um around you know, like we want to live in a world, essentially, like I feel like the dream is where we don't have to come out, right? Where we can just, mm-hmm. everyone, there are no, ex- like, because you had mentioned a few times um, that parent, that your parents had like certain expectations for you. And mm-hmm. like my parents had certain expectations for me, I think. And, you know, so many parents do, I would say, I would go out of a limb and say most parents have an expectation. And when our parents or whoever's raising us, the adults in our lives, society, when they place those expectations on us, then it puts the burden on us to then have to correct that expectation and say, actually, that's not who I am. And so um, it just feels, where is that going? I was going somewhere with that, but it just, uh, I lost it. Uh, well, <laughs> as, as it happens well, sometimes. No, <laughs> honestly, Sam, I get, I I start a point. And I'm like, what's this in again? But what what I'm what what I, I th- I'll try and pick up from what I think Ooh. you're sharing is yeah. I'm trying. You know, you know, you. you know, you know. I have a I have a, I have a podcast as well, so right. my host is <laughs> trying to come in here. So I'm trying to pick up. I think is um and tell me if, if I'm hearing this correctly. Like like the idea of living within expectations and and like in the process of coming out. Like you know, like coming out is all about defying an expectation and coming out is all about like stepping into yourself is also about defying an expectation and reshifting what that means for yourself. And also like, how do you do that in the context of how do I correct someone else's expectations um, and maybe set new ones for myself, or maybe even say, I'm going to live beyond expectations in this way, you know, like, is that, is that maybe on the line of what you are? No, not no, all. no, no. I was, I was sorry. <laughs> I shook my head. No. But I meant yes, like like I can't believe yes. This is sorry, that was so confusing. I was like, I was like no, drag me. <laughs> no, down. you were like, right no, on. Wrong thing entirely. <laughs> no, you, I keep saying I keep doing this, but it's you did it. <laughs> I was screwed. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, okay, so I think so. Whew, okay, this is. I. I mean, like, I, like, I know, like, I, I picked up from what, from what you asked, but I'm like, but really I'm like, wow, those questions are such an interesting question. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I haven't thought of it, thought of it in that sense before of like shifting expectations. And it's funny because I think now I'm somebody who really strives to not hold expectations for anything or anybody um, more so because I have learned that um, expectations is sometimes the enemy of curiosity and mm. will sometimes rob you of that, especially if you put expectations on people, especially when they're not clear. Like my, like, you know, like I think, for example, like my mom is somebody and, and I, like, I'm not dragging her because I, I understand why she does this, but she is somebody who has high expectations um, and doesn't always make them clear. And so when things don't happen the way she wants them to happen, um, it's, it's, you know, it's like a disappointment. And that's like, I think also for me, like, I'm somebody that like, if you hate me, I don't care. But if you're disappointed in me, oh, it like mm. guts me. Like mm-hmm. I'm gutted when someone says I'm disappointed. I'm like, oh, it feels like I have like destroyed someone's trust, you know? And that's, and I, I think maybe that's something for me to work through in therapy, which I will definitely be doing. Um, mm. But I think, <laughs> but I think when it comes to expectations, like I, I think I'm, I'm also like trying to feel this is a moment I'm probably going to be a bit like, a bit like, like, like braggadocious. And I'm not trying to come at, come at it through a lens of like, oh, he's like, he's like really thinks to highly of himself. So I, if it comes off, comes off the, off the way, I can't control that. So I'll just like say it, but like, I'm somebody who I know has defied expectations that the people have had of me. Like, I know that I am more than what my parents could have dreamed of. Like, I, I know I am because I have like gone through so many things that could have pushed me down. I had gone through a moment where I could have like ended everything. Um, and I like push forward and I move forward. And so I think I used to live a lot with expectations. I think, I think after, I think after when I went to university was a moment where I realized like, Oh, I'm actually like, I'm actually doing so much more than what 
my parents thought I would, I'd be doing. I'm incredibly more self-sufficient than I thought I was. I'm more dependent than I thought I was. I have, like, I'm making great choices with people. Like, like my discernment is really clear. My judgment is really clear. Um, I come in with radical empathy. I want to see people for who they are and, and how they are as, as wholesome people. I think because I think to the point about like, defying or shifting expectations or like correcting them is like knowing that being queer means I will never fit into a box for somebody being queer means that I will never um like I I will never fit an expectation and so because of that I'm like why would I want to put other people as well and when I think of expectations for myself I, I think I, I struggle with expectations for me I'm still working through that like I you know I'm at a point right now where I I have I have a great job that I love I have the friends that I love I just bought a home last year and I'm still feeling like, oh my God, like I'm not where, like, you know, now everyone's getting married this year. Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a partner. I'm not getting married. I'm not having kids. So I'm not like enough anymore, you know? So I'm working through my own expectations that I put on myself, which is frustrating because it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's really hypocritical of like, I talk about not having expectations for other people and not fitting their, in going beyond their expectations, but I don't fit my own, which is also interesting because literally nobody has those on me except me, mm-hmm. which I think is all, I think is a really human, human normative experience as well. Like we're all told and taught what we should be. And even as queer people, I think with queer people, I think the challenge is that as much as we know we don't need other, those expectations on us because it's been taught to us since we were kids, since we were babies, since before we were born, mm-hmm. that we still are trying to like carve some of those expectations out for ourselves. Um, and you know, show me a person who has not had that experience. Show me a person who has who has not um tried to fit some type of um molding in some way. You know, I'm curious of who they are. I would love to learn from them if someone can tell me who they are. Um but, but, but yeah, so I think I, I think I feel like I'm getting like a roundabout answer more so because it's just such a, such a reflective question. Not there's not really an answer I think for it either. You know, I what ha- what works for me or not for me is not gonna work for anybody else or even for yourself Dubs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I would be curious of you of your thoughts too. How do you feel how do you feel like you shift expectations? And so I think if I was more succinct with myself, I think that I I'm at a point in my life where I know that having expectations on others does not serve me and it does not serve our, our relationship. If I'm expecting you to do something and I'm not making clear to you, then like, then like I, I can't be upset when things don't happen the way I think they might happen. And I know that I am then like, 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 it's also like, it's also like, like me putting like a bar or a grounder on you. If I put expectations on somebody, I'm putting them, I'm putting this box on them. I'm putting them in, I'm putting them, I'm putting them, putting them in a closet. And like, I don't want that for anybody or myself. That closet is a busted the fuck open. Can I curse on here? I just mm-hmm. did. Can I curse you on did. here? Yeah, it's busted the fuck <laughs> open. I, I, I took that bitch down the second I took the hinges off the door. I destroyed the whole closet. It's now like a giant walk-in bathroom, lavish AF with open window concept shit, you know, like, I, it's not my journey anymore. And so I think um, I think that's how I've stepped into this process of, I don't want that on me. Then I, don't, I don't want to put, put, that on, put that on other people because it's not fair um, and it's not right. And it, and it doesn't help them grow as people. It makes them feel more limited. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious of like your thoughts on that too. And if my answer made any sense as well. Not only did it make sense, but it did actually um, remind me the exact p- place where I was going, where I lost myself. So thank you for bringing us exactly to where, where we started this question, which is. That was my goal the entire time. <laughs> you nailed it. Um, and of course, I just lost it again. I get, I, get, no, I got so excited I, for remembering. I should have said nothing. It's because I said something. <laughs> so sorry. That was also my goal to make you lose it again. Oh my God. Well, you did it. Too. Okay, you did it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, twice. I remember now. So it's, it's like when we place the expectations on people, right? You're like, basically, I'm not going to say what I was going to say only because you already said it so beautifully. But the point, mm-hmm. the like point that I want to drive home is. Um, and I've been hearing this a lot in the queer within the queer community. And I'm curious if you have of like the idea of coming out is starting to become antiquated and mm. um, that it's such a Western kind of ideal of like having to come out. And like, why should we have to be the ones who come out when you're the ones you as in society, cishet society are placing these expectations on us. And I think it's kind of like almost like what we were saying earlier, like being in conversation with one another around Mm. um it's kind of a both and right like Mm. i don't want society to place expectations on me and yet here we are that's just that is the reality that we live in is that we still live in a very Mm. cis heteronormative space 
Mm-hmm. And I do want a world in which we can just be who we are from the beginning and have the lux- the luxurious space and time and safety and access to explore who we are even beyond just, you know, an initial coming in or coming uh, out. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? No, no it, makes, it makes perfect sense. And something that I too, I struggle with it too, because like, I want to be in a space of dreaming and envisioning and, and like, I, I mean, I'm a relentless, I'm a relentless optimist of like, I have optimism tattooed on my arm. Mm. Like it is, it's, it's a key to this optimism. Autism is key to me. Um, and yet I also have to ground myself in real, in realism too. Like, do I want to envision a world in which coming out is not necessary? Yes, you know, but to your point, to your point, like both and like part of me also says no because coming out is like it's challenging and it's hard, but it's also so rewarding. Like when you come out, you declare yourself to the world or to somebody or to yourself, and like I think there's a unique power in that. That dare I say, heteronormative people do not have. Like they do not, they do not have that power inside them, and. You know, and 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 I'm if someone is like, wow, Jordan, that's so integrated of you, and like someone wants to call me dusty, that call me dusty, that is fine because, <laughs> like, I really do believe that there is a certain power in that. You know, and, and and also like, I think I think it's also like, I think it was, it was a weird weird inhale. Um, I think it's all I, like, it's not that's a pipe dream, but I think it's it's not in alignment with what's currently happening, like. I, 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 as much as I, well, and, you know, and like, and maybe, like, maybe it's also the, the Libra in me, but like the balance of it all. Like, as much as I want to believe that there's a world in which I never have to come in again, I know that, I know that there always, there will always be a person, whether I want them to be or not, that's going to question me, that's going to challenge me, that's going to not believe me, and that is going to like ask me to come out anyways. Like, I, and, 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 you know, and to be quite honest, I'm like, like, Coming out, coming out is not is not the worst thing to me. Like I would rather, I, I'd rather have I'd rather have a world and rather envision a world in which queer people have have more direct access to to um you know to services, direct access to healthcare if you're trans and need gender sexual gender and sex reassignment surgeries. I would rather have I'd rather I'd rather envision a world where queer folks don't have as much challenges adopting children, like don't have much challenges getting married. Like I'd rather envision that world. Like the, to me, to me, I guess to be honest, coming out like. To say to like to focus to put my energy into I want to envision where, where, where we're coming out as necessary. I'm like, okay, that that does nothing for like the actual policies that affect queer people and trans people that affect us from like having access and participating in lives and society in just and beautiful ways. Like that's more important to me than thinking about okay, um, you know, like because be, like because to me to, to me it's saying like I don't I don't want to feel pressured anymore and like and, I, and that's real. I get that. But like, I'd rather I'd rather feel pressure and have all the rights that mo- that other folks do have, <laughs> and like and like work with that, you know. And that could just be me, but I think that's when I'm feeling the most strong and that's for strong strong in this moment. Um, and and that's like I also understand the joy in like you know like in not in not having to come out. And yes, I do. I do wish people. I do wish people would 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 just like accept things. But to but to be quite honest, to be quite honest, I think if we had that world, then people would also say. I'm tired of people assuming I'm something, you know, because mm-hmm. then you still have to come out. Like, 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 I think, I think if you, if you don't have a, a world in which people don't ask you, you know, where you, where you have to come out, then people will assume and label you for you, which means you don't have agency. And I think that's also the thing for me is like, when you come out, you have agency. Most cases, some people do not have agency in that. And that is really horrible and traumatizing. But in a lot of cases, like we have agency in coming out. And so to say I want a world which doesn't have, have to happen is also to me implying like like I'm being robbed of my agency and how I choose to express myself and share myself with the world, and we're go- and then someone's making a decision for me rather than me being able to do that for for myself if that if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it definitely does. It helps to I think fill in a lot of the the like I'm, I'm like the the gaps that I as I was setting up the question, and I think like you know, having, when I, when I had gender affirming surgery, I had top surgery in 2016. This was at a time when I wasn't on hormones. I wasn't identifying really as trans at that point, just as gender queer. Um, and it took everything in me to, to have that agency. And then it was also exhausting to then explain to people over and over and over Mm. and try to educate them because I wasn't an educator. I wasn't an expert. It just was who I am. You know what I mean? And so I think there's like, 
I really appreciate this idea of having agency over who we are and us knowing who, who we are and what we need to be our fullest, truest, most authentic selves. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of just like, I want to take exactly what you said and then kind of like expand it a little bit more. And it's like, just remove assumptions in general, where it's like, yeah. if, like if we don't have to come out because we're not making assumptions, but also there is so much power in, in naming and saying who we are as people. And mm-hmm. so I think I think there's just not one answer. I think it's just everything is kind yeah. of happening simultaneously. Yeah. Ooh. And th- and thank you for that context and nuanced dubs. And I think and I think I also also like want to clarify for myself. Like I like I do envision a world in which you can come out and, be, and not have to be an educator for people. Mm-hmm. Like like I, I I envision a world where we can come out and not have to play Google for people and not have to play like like professor people. Like I I. I, I think you know, to me I, I I see this a bit a bit differently. Like like I I I would still keep, you know, the process of coming out. And also people can Google shit for free without having to ask you to be the person to hold their hand through it. Mm-hmm. People, you know, people can educate themselves without, without asking you to like give your labor emotionally and physically and mentally to do it. Um and and, and, and like and like you know, maybe I just don't know where that space exists right now maybe 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 we as a society don't know where that, where that space exists um and and but um but but, but yeah but i i also want to affirm for you like i too would i, I think like i said earlier i love to make a world a world a world, a world without assumptions as mm-hmm. well yeah. um because that 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 would be that that i think would be who us more than anything as a world without assumptions um <sighs> My, my my mind still my mind still has conflict because then I'm like okay but there aren't assumptions and like people are still coming out in some capacity um, if there aren't assumptions because then because then it then becomes a like conversational um, yeah you're right you're right it it is it's like that's why um, it's just I think it's just multiple things are happening yeah I think I think actually as we're as we're talking this through and solving all of this for all of humanity <laughs> 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 um, maybe it's less less and more about assumptions and more about destigmatizing and normalizing yes. and yes. having education at a foundational level. So we all have already know all like have a good sense of what different identities are. So that way, when someone does make an assumption and, or comes out, there's less around that handholding, educating and more about celebrating and acknowledging, yeah. acknowledging. Mm. Mm. We solved mm. it, Jordan. Stop! I'm gonna do not be saying that. <laughs> like, I don't get it. They solved all the queer community problems. We, I, on behalf of all, all the gays myself, on behalf of all trans folks, like we, we have solved the. No, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I'm really kidding. This has been our entire show. You're welcome. We we will we will not invoice you this time. You it th- th- this one's on us. Thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, um, yeah, it's just such an interesting conversation. And I think there's just so much, um, there's so much disagreement within the queer community where sometimes we, that disagreement or the ways in which we approach certain identities and or conversations is actually like in group fighting in fight, you know, and it's like, we keep each other down and we don't allow, there's a lot of gatekeeping and it's just, it really makes my heart sad. Yeah, same. Well, and well, so it's, it's, it's funny. Like you know, as, when you first mentioned, you've heard this in the queer community. I was like, okay, but like, which queer community? Like the yeah, white queer community, mm-hmm. the, the the queer BIPOC community, queer Jewish community. Like, who says this? Because I think I'm also very. I think a lot about like who, like, wait, wait, to your point about gatekeeping. Like, who's saying that? I'm trying to gatekeep in that capacity, and and I also think like. One thing I actually was thinking about when when you were speaking was like, okay, but coming out isn't is a, isn't like isn't also just a queer thing. Like mm-hmm. we come out in so many different ways in our lives. Um, you know, when when it, when it comes to like maybe we if we have a neurodivergence, mm-hmm. if we we come out if we come out as come out with as different eth, ethnicities, like and and you and like and like and I think like I wonder if I wonder if the question of like or if if the statement of being antiquated is more about performance than it is about the actual process of coming out. Like, is it the process of performing coming out too challenging or too exhausting? You know, is it, is, is the process of performing who we are? Like, I think I also struggle with that too, of like, what really is the root cause of 
of of the statement in this way and and, and that said you know like then to your point about you know leading 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 to in-group fighting like could we possibly envision a world in which everyone just has their own agency in something like like in like you know everyone can just say i want to come out or not come out or i or i don't want to come out and i want people to just know that i am this um or you know yeah it's like and that's one thing i'm thinking about a lot but 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 yeah but I, i'm also really still thinking about okay but who says this you know mm-hmm. because i think so like and i'm making i'm making an assumption here for sure or like i'm making maybe a bold claim but like i don't like i don't think like queer folks of color are so worried about this aspect as we are worried about like again having access to rights and having access to health and having access to uh societal participation in just in beautiful ways like i i don't think that's so much i don't think that that's so much uh plaguing us as 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 this is um yeah yeah that's yeah well i just want to say thank you so much for naming that and you're right it's uh, any anytime i've heard it is coming from a white person so mm. thank you for naming that <laughs> and that's something that i need to be that i, I appreciate you can invoice me right like for, <laughs> for, for for naming that and and making sure that i'm keeping the context in which that conversation is happening relevant because it is relevant um, thank so you. thank you and hey, hey, like, like, thank, thank you for also admitting it as well. You know, like, 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 like you could, like, you could easily not said like, I don't know who said it, or like, no, like, like it definitely came from somebody else. Like, I appreciate you saying that, and because, because then it also, like, it definitely leads me to, you know, to more thoughts. Like, I think a huge challenge within white queer communities is that, like, as I think, and again, like, maybe it's bold, and maybe, maybe a white gay hears this, and I was like, oh my god, like this bitch is so fucking rude to say this, and and I and I can own that, but I, I'm not trying to attack whiteness or white folks, although I am calling whiteness and white folks in, um, but like you know, like, again, like it's it's shifting the conversation, like like it's not just like it's gatekeeping, it's gatekeeping, it, but like but like but but like also like like also deflecting from things that are like really impacting people, you know? And so I think that's when, I, you know, again, just like back to my statement about like, I think there are more and more things to that we can fight for than this, um, particularly on like, like, like there will be, there will be no policy that we can make about not asking people if they're queer or not. Like there will be no policy about, I mean, I don't want, don't ask, don't tell to be, to come back, but that's not the journey for me. Um, but and, and and that said, like if there, if white queer folks fo- focuses and energy shift to equitable access to rights, then I think, I think what they hope, what they want to come, I think will also come. You know, like if people have access to, to adoption the same way, we have access to healthcare in the same way, we have access to marriage in the same way, we have, you know, we 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 don't face stigma for having gender reassignment surgery, surgery anymore. Then I think. Then I think it will come that people that people won't have to ask about ask you about your coming out experiences or something because it won't it won't be it won't be as necessary for them because you have all the same rights that everybody else does. Like let's focus on that, y'all, versus like versus versus making the conversation about this because it's detracting from the voices of folks who aren't experiencing who aren't who aren't experiencing um, life in the most meaningful way because of the policies that are stacked against us. Amen. Thank you for thank you for letting me pop off dubs. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, no, of course it is. It is. Um, it's important to talk about. It's important to hear. And um, I mean, in Florida, the don't don't say gay. I mean, that's oh. really, that's happening, right? It's it's, yeah. it's not hypothetical. It's like there are real policies being passed. Um, See, okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm I'm like sorry. I'm just sorry. I'm jumping. Let me take a breath. Jumping on that because that I mean. That is what's happening, right? Like, like, like the the bills. You cannot discuss being queer, or like, like you can't discuss it in the classroom. You can't read literature about it. Like, okay, so inversely, it's so like the white gays who have said, you know, we don't, we don't want, we don't want to come out. Okay, well, now kids can't. Like, okay, like you're getting what you asked for in a really twisted way. Like mm-hmm. that's what's happening, and like you see how it's manifesting in a really harmful capacity. Like that, you know, like like that. That's exactly what. That's exactly what. You know, like that's exactly what's happening, right? And I think the streets are also the streets also believe that the coming out process is antiquated and outdated. So they're saying let's eliminate it from people. Kids don't have to come out if people are, you know, what was it? Was it like in, in Texas 
right? That you, like, if a child is trans and like, then folks can call CPS mm-hmm. on the parents, like, mm-hmm. okay, see, so this, so the world in which we envisioned, um, coming out to not, to not have to be a thing is happening in some ways in really harmful ways. So like now, you know, now I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it happen in real time in ways that are painful and traumatic and like, this is not what I would want for any queer trans person um, whatsoever. Yeah, it's a it's a really good, um, not good, but power. <laughs> it's not good. No, a, pow- a powerful um, like connection. Of, and someone can say a, it's a reach. Like, so, like, like, so, like, I'm sure someone can say, like, hey, like that's a reach. But I mean, I'm, I see it though. I get it. Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, my educator hat is on really quick. And is it okay if I just adjust one thing you said? Of course, please. Um, from from my experience, most most trans folks will say gender affirming surgery or gender affirmation surgery instead of sex reassignment or gender reassignment. Thank you. Um, so I'm not saying that all trans people say that, but in my experience, especially as a facilitator and educator and trans person, it's just that's the like most affirming way to say it. So I just wanted to put that in your uh thank you doves i appreciate you saying that so much thank you yeah because you're welcome what a great moment to to learn and teach thank you yeah see you and now and, and now you can build me let's just call it even, <laughs> <laughs> we even now. yeah um okay all right so i would love to switch gears really quick and um talk about how like how we met we met at this really cool I wasn't say convention. I guess like fellowship, uh, community summit. You know, summit. The, the, oh, that's the, the, the the, that's where they use a summit, and I'm like, okay, Q Q Q. Yeah, that makes me feel like um, what was it like the uh the the, the G five summit that everyone goes to, like all the fancy people. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, summit sounds cute. It was pretty fancy. We had a oh, lot of. It was pretty goes. fancy. <laughs> it was a, a fancy a schmancy. I actually was. I yeah. I was gagged at one, like your boy can eat so i was and then there's so many times i was like i cannot finish the food here because there's so much fucking food in this place so much um, food. and like i mean and truly like you know the 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 you know the the whole the, the hotel the whole area like it was so intentionally curated to to only you know reference this summit itself so like mm-hmm. yeah it was a very advanced i'm i i had asked questions about the budget that i never got answers to mm. but i i i have inferences of what that budget looked like and it was big <laughs> yeah yeah um i find it interesting you didn't get answer answers um <laughs> but it was so okay so the summit is called roi and so it was bringing together 150 um jewish activists and entrepreneurs and change makers um from all over the world, I think 22 different countries were represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really neat to be in a space with people from all over who held all different kinds of beliefs politically and societally and just culturally. Right. And so yeah. um, you and I were talking about this before we hit record, which is we were pleasantly surprised at the queerness that was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm curious just what your what your you know, it's, it's now been months since we, we come, we came back. And so I'm just curious what's been, what's sitting with you um, since, since then. Well, one thing that sits with me, you know, like we, we said people from all over, right. So like at the end of the day, it's only 22 countries, which is a fraction of how many countries there are right, in, right. You know, in, in the U S. And so I, so I, I, I also think about like, what and, and obviously the context has to be Jewish, like Jewish activists from these countries. So I ask then the question comes down to well, how many other countries are the Jewish people at? Um, but I think like what would it like to <clears throat> excuse me, what would it look like to envision a summit in which it really is encompassing of all countries? Because let's be clear. I think 50 folks were from North America, mm-hmm. 50 folks were from Israel and 50 folks were from other countries, you know? So I didn't realize um, it was broken down quite like that. And uh, may, maybe I'm wrong, but I think, but I think a majority was North, was North American folks and Israeli folks. So then, and then at least an even smaller fraction of folks from different countries, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I said that like, not so much as critique, but as, as like, you know, I wonder a little bit to even to go in more because there are people who are representing their entire country. Mm-hmm. Whereas we had how many people from New York? How many people from California? How many people from LA? <laughs> you know, and, right. and, you know, and I say that as somebody like, you know, like I want, I, I don't want anyone to not get the chance to go. Uh, obviously, like if, if we're all, if, since we're, if that were, since we're, cause we're all deserving to go. And I would really like to maybe expand that a little bit to really get more countries involved in that capacity. Um, I too was surprised at how many queer people were there. I think what was interesting for me was that, you know, like for like, you know, it was, it was, 
it was you and I'm like, I want to name them, but I also like, don't know like if I should or should not name them. So, so, so I would say it was you and Jamie, but like, it was you and Jamie who, um, who, or, who said like, let's set up a queer if any space here, you know, um, which was so special. And that was like, well, we have so many queer folks here. And I was like, oh, I wish maybe the summit would have done that. I wish the summit maybe would have said, you know, if they had, if they had cultivated a, a queer if any space, or they had cultivated a Jew of color space, you know, or JLC queer space, you know, like that, that's not, that, that could, I think a lot about, and, and that's really word to like any, any type of, any type of conference or summit, you know, or gathering of people to think about what it looks like to have spaces intentionally for folks with different identities. But it was amazing because I think, you know, like, there were queer folks from different countries. There were folks there who hadn't, who hadn't come out yet, who then came out there. And I, I'm not going to name them, obviously. Um, and the, that was so special. I mean, there are folks that I got to connect with that, like, that, like in, in, in process were like, I have to tell you that, that I'm coming out right now. And that was so special. And I think hmm. something special to see, you know, like we're all, we're all strangers, you know, and like, you know, today, today's coming out day, but it's also during the holiday of Sukkot, mm-hmm. Jewish holiday of Sukkot, which is all about welcoming the stranger and gathering folks, you know, and obviously the, the, the summit did not happen there, but when I think about this today of like, what a special moment to gather people who have no idea who each other, who each other are from, mm. from entirely different parts of the world to like, to like say, Hey, I see you. And I want to share myself with you in this moment too. So we see each other. That is so special. Beautiful. I mean, I had, tears several several nights of tears of like people sharing themselves with me and vice versa and getting to see them in their most beautiful self um but yeah i i think it was quite interesting seeing how many queer folks were there um and cool because i was like i'll get to come out way with so many, so many more queer friends too and that said like th- there are some queer folks who also didn't like who didn't who didn't even come to the queer spaces that that you know that 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 we had set up for us that we had called we set up for us you know like mm-hmm. that's interesting too how many queer folks that were there like also also didn't even come to the spaces um and and and, and, I, and like and I, there's some several people who were who were openly queer that just didn't want to show up that just didn't show up not want to show up but just didn't show up to those so I'm curious about them. I think also again, you know, I, you know, as who's black and Jewish as a Jew of color, like I, it was amazing how many Jews, Jews of color there were too. And I think was fascinating was that the queer folks and GOC folks were. I mean, everyone there were the people that like I really knew of. These are all people that like had only just like stepped on the scene within the past few years and it was really it was really amazing and serendipitous to be like oh we're all here together you know because i've only been in the jewish, jewish professional for you know five years and or four and a half five years you know and i've only really been stepping into myself in this capacity in the past three years so you know and obviously our why couldn't exist for you know for for for, for two years within that right 2020 2021 um couldn't did, didn't happen so also it's like even it's more special because then they had a group of people to pick from, you know, that's two years that they couldn't, they, they couldn't gather people. So they have to be even more intentional and, and like, you know, laser focus on who they're, who's coming. And it was people that I was like, well, I've seen your work these past two years and been wanting to meet you. I mean, that was just somebody that I was like, I've seen you for the past two years and I want to meet you. And like, now we're here. Like, that is so, that is so like radically amazing. Um, so that was really quite special to see that. And I think I'm processing a lot still because it was something that, like, I mean, one, and obviously this can be a big, bigger conversation, but being in Israel was an interesting, was an interesting thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very interesting things about Israel myself. Like, I've somebody, you know, and I had a conversation with somebody there about, like, they, like, like bless them. They had a really great, they really talked to me a lot about Zionism. And they were like, like, they began the question with, like, are you Zionist? And I was like, I can't answer that. I don't, like, I wouldn't say I am and I wouldn't say I'm not either. But I just definitely know, I'm, I definitely know that I, I wouldn't say that I am or I wouldn't say that I'm not. Um, we had a really interesting conversation about what it means to do it. And we, and like left the, when we left the conversation, they were like, I think you could consider you might be this or might not be this. And I mm. was like, no, you know, thank you. Like, I'm still not going to say that. I'm still going to say that whether I am or not. Um, that, that was just, that was just really fascinating to me um, as well to be there. And it's, and I, and I will say like, I've been to Israel twice as well. So there obviously is some type of level of like, I do like being here in some way. Um, I think also because I was very privileged in the sense of the work that I was doing at that time, like was work that 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 involved both like both um both Arab folks and Israeli folks in Jerusalem. So my work was hyper focused on Jerusalem. And so that was a different lens that I got to have. Um, but you know, I, I think that was always interesting, especially, especially like especially in the context of like right now. 
Um, I think there's always conversations about Israel and Palestine that, 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 that arise with folks. Um, so I'm like thinking about a lot about that. I think I'm processing also that I made friends I did not expect to make and then anticipate that I'm so inspired by and amazed by, and I'm coming away with like, how do I work with them? How do I keep them in my life? How do I keep them in my professional sphere? Um, and, you know, and, and also like now we're part of this network of, a thousand sixteen hundred activists, but like, how do we keep connected with them? I will say, if I had one thing I would shift, is that I feel like there wasn't so much focus on tools of activism for us all as participants, and that's something that I really wish. Like, I think I processed it a lot because I didn't leave feeling like, oh. I feel more equipped to be an activist be like because of the summit itself rather than the people, you know, like the people left me feeling more equipped mm-hmm. because and I get that we were the container for it. Like we were the ones who programmed ourselves. And I was like, Oh, I wish that there was something else that like gave me a stronger tool. So I think my problem processing is also like, what did I gain and what did I maybe miss out from this? How about, how about you? Yeah. Um, I agree. I think having more like like concrete tools would have been helpful. And I think also just to what you, to your point earlier around um, more intentional affinity spaces mm-hmm. um, curated by the conveners, yeah. um, I think could have been very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm just in, in agreement with you around that um, and wanting because because you know both there was the the affinity space the dinner that you referenced um earlier and then um when another another participant um set up a different uh, affinity space saying any uh, this is a, a time to ask questions of a non-binary person that you were too afraid to ask mm-hmm. um and i approached them and i said do you want support in that moment in that conversation and they were like yes please so i went with them and like i'm not even exaggerating and i can't remember if you were there or not but there were like Mm -hmm. 30 or 40 people out of 150 came to this session this impromptu session Mm -hmm. and to me that is is a very obvious um like data point and need to Mm -hmm. have those spaces to have the education to let us have these conversations in a more um, like scheduled way, I guess, or, you know, like as part of the, because the questions that they asked were so thoughtful and affirming. And it's like, they just want to be better allies. They just want to show up and do more. And Mm. um, so that that's kind of what, still what I'm thinking about is how do we continue to create those spaces of opportunity of learning and community building. Mm. Mm, okay, see, I love, thank you for sharing that because I did not attend that group. One, I mean, one, because I was like, this isn't, this isn't my space to attend because I know that like, like I, I would say I feel, I mean, part of me is like, I would say I feel pretty, um, pretty clear in how I understand things. I'm also like, well, you did have to call me in earlier. So like, maybe, like, maybe I should have been there. Um, um, but, but in that, in that moment, I was like, you know, I, this is a space I was like, I think this space is important for folks who really need to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing, sharing this data point. And I think, you know, it, it's a really great point of how, and I, I, I want to be really clear, like ROI was amazing. Like oh, yeah, it was for sure. like t- hands down the best summit I could have ever gone to for so many reasons. Like. The amount, the amount of intentionality that was in there is was impeccable. Mm-hmm. The food, the food was impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, the people gathering, you know, was so cool. The way in which they gathered was really special. Like, you know, they're like, I think the strength was that they like they they were timekeeping in some ways, but like each time slot was very expansive. You know, it's so, like they gave a lot of time for things. Like lunch was two hours. You know, the session was forty five minutes. You know, these labs were an hour. So like. It, it, it was there was like we got be on the move and also like we we have a, we have a lot of time to do this together we have five days to do it together as well so it was an amazing summit what i think could have be shifted is like you know i wonder if maybe like maybe there weren't maybe like brain dates weren't as 
weren't as vital to the experience. I mean, I, I said that as someone who I did all my brain dates and I, I gained something from all of them too, you know? So maybe, so like maybe, maybe, maybe brain dates has shifted is, is reorganized in a different way that then leaves more space because I think to the point about having tools for activism, right? There could have been sessions like convener sessions and led sessions about Jewish activism through a queer lens, queer and trans lens, Jewish activism through a Jew of color lens, Jewish activism through a lens in Israel, Jewish activism through a lens of, you know, insert country here. Like, I think those could have been really interesting things on, on behalf of the, on part of the convener to, to facilitate. Um, you know, I think, I, I think there was a lot of emphasis in creativity, which I thought was really special. Like there's a lot of creative and fun things and, and you know, and like, could there have been more space for us to have those actionable toolkits that, that, that they could have give, given us that then like to your point, right? If you're, if you were like clearly a, almost a third of the people had a need to learn about queer experiences and queer life, then like that could be something that the community takes for the next year of, okay, we're like, like, like one, like one full day of this five day convening will be focused on actionable tools for different communities in the Jewish diaspora. And I think that could be a really interesting note for them. Yeah. I hope they're listening because um, it's all, you know, it's all said with love. It's all said, yeah. with like, how do we make the most out of this time? And which I, I too felt like I, I got a lot out of it and also was exhausted, like exhausted. Cause it's like our break times were meant for brain dates. And it's like, I need a minute to like breathe yeah. and like reset. And I'm, and I'm like an introverted extrovert. So I like Same. absolutely need time for myself also. Same. Um, but yeah, I mean, you and I, I mean, you and I, I mean, like, bless your soul. Like at one point I was like, Dubs, I really want to meet you, but like, I just don't have the energy right now. So like, can we do this like after dinner or something? And like, thank you so much for saying, for like saying yes to that, of course. you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, but yeah, like, like, like I, but I, I know both of us. And so like, there are people who like legit for a moment thought they had COVID. Like they're like, I have a fever. They thought they had COVID. And they're like, oh, I just had to lay down. <laughs> they like came back. I'm just like, tired. <laughs> I was just tired. Like I thought I was about to have test positive, but like, oh no, I was just, I was just tired as fuck from uh, being, you know, I mean, cause you are, you're, I mean, 7 a.m. You're up. Min, min, midnight you're down you know we're still just into different time zones <laughs> so it was just i mean i'm lucky i'm blessed that i was there a week before so i was like i was adjusted, adjusted to that to that aspect but like i was tired mm-hmm. you know i was exhausted um for for a lot of that and i was just i mean it was interesting because i too identify as an introvert extrovert and it felt like i was so much in my element in some ways um in other ways i was like i am not resting like and it was, it was fun because it was also like my first time traveling big out you know during the pandemic um which was like a moment where i i because usually i am like i was like you can go find me anywhere on a plane and i was like well i'm not i'm not gonna miss out on this trip because it's paid for so i'm gonna go <laughs> um and, and you know and like i i i encourage myself to lean in and say jordan like you have like you're gonna have to just you're gonna have to just, like press play and hope for the best and pray that nothing, nothing bad happens to you while you're here covid wise health wise physically wise all that stuff um and so and so yeah like it, it, it was so amazing especially about i was after I, mean, I took an extra three days until i leave to like relax and that was so necessary because i was tired and it, and i also like if i had, i knew if i if i come home right afterwards I would not have been able to process it with the people I processed with when I, with, um, because, you know, like, like several, several folks that we, there's a whole group of people that stayed, um, that's the state afterwards that I got to see and like chill with and talk with and understand more of what happened with as well. But, but yeah, it was, it really was uh, amazing. I lost the train of thought, but why I was going to say that, but it was an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, um, you were just talking about, uh, you know, like, essentially like the, the, the being tired yeah yeah yes. the being tired and yeah yeah and so and, and, and that's thing I, I i you know i wish that there could be a bit more intentional break time or mm-hmm. rest time within that um as well for everybody and like and that setting you know, I, I also wonder you know like you i think you and several people made comments of like this committing was also made for people who are able-bodied and neurotypical mm-hmm. and what it would like to also be a bit more expansive in Really make sure it's accessible for everybody that is there. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, I mean, we could talk about this for hours if we wanted, but I unfortunately, I have <laughs> to come to New York. <laughs> okay, I'll, great. I'll come come and we'll talk about it. Yeah, and yeah. I'll come to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Dubs, don't play because I have, a, I have a whole, you can, you can stay with me, boo. I got you. I'll take you the best. I, I'll cook for you. The house down boots. Yes, God, let me know. I'm here okay, for Okay, well, it. 
as everyone listening as our witness, I'm coming. Uh, <laughs> I've, yes! always wanted to, I've always wanted to come to San Diego. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Amazing. And I like, yeah. I have a great group of queer, of, of queer Jewish friends that would love to um, have you with us as well. Amazing. All right. Well, I'll, we'll talk offline. Uh, so I'm going to bring us to our lightning round, which okay. is um, meant to be silly and fun. And uh, in previous seasons, all of my questions were either or questions. I was told that was too binary. So now my <laughs> questions are, open-ended which makes maybe makes it a little bit more challenging but who doesn't love a challenge okay are you ready uh i'm not but i'm ready i'm ready as ever be let's let's go let's go okay, hard. Great. i'm here for it if you could name your own crayon what would you name it Ooh, my own crayon if i would name it. uh 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 crimson queen Ooh, favorite time of day Ooh, right when sunlight comes out beautiful favorite current queer media representation uh, uh indulgent but myself and dr john paul for our podcast the 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 bff black fat fan podcast amazing i love that a song that makes your heart soar i love me too by kirby favorite beverage Ooh, water mm, favorite quote Ooh, okay um favorite quote um uh, 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 um, okay, what's going on right now is my teacher in, in my, when I was in school, I don't have to keep the story, sorry. Just stop thinking you're so smart because you are, but you will get nowhere in life if you think you're the smartest or fastest person in the room. Ooh, I love that. And last but not least, bagels or donuts? Ooh, croissants. Okay. <laughs> croissants. <laughs> That's my shit. I mean, bagels are cute, donuts are cute, but croissant all the way. Okay, great. Uh, Jordan, this has been such a treat to get to dig in with you and to have such a beautiful conversation. Dubs, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you being flexible with time. I really appreciate you to know you doing it this way. I'm so like this moment where like this is exactly you know, this is like this is what the point of ROI was to create to create connections like this. Like without that, would not have met you. Would not have would not get to learn from you and learn alongside you. So I really am thankful that you that you have me here. ROI, thank you so much for connecting us in the first place. Um, and I know you've had guests, people that I love so much as well. So like it's special to be a part of the, of the universe that, that you've created. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for saying that. And Jordan, thank you for coming out. Happy coming out day. Thank you. Th- thank you for helping me destroy the closet that has once binded us. Yes. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you for coming.